guys, guys, like, I only have like three years left on my work visa. But, like, seriously, I need someone to marry me for me to continually work in the UK. Okay? <laughs> you do not want to lose this talent or, you know. So, if you, you know, if you guys need a wife, as you know, where like Asians are just naturally good at cooking. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> I think I just lost my Asian fan base. You know, this, you know, this is going in. <laughs> yes, finally, here we are. Another episode of Making Games is Fun, the first one of 2016. I went to Cambridge to meet up with Anissa Sanuzi, who is a UI user interface artist over at Frontier Developments. Anissa and I wandered the streets of Cambridge for a while to find somewhere to record and take photos and what have you, and we had a great old chat. Um, she's fantastic. She's got a great story about moving over from Malaysia when she was 19. Uh, we'll get into that. We get into some UI chat, uh, which is nerdy as all hell. But let me tell you, menus, I mean this, menus are bloody interesting, actually. Don't worry, that is genuinely more interesting than it sounds, I promise. Um, last thing, sorry about how long it's taken to get the first one out. Um... Lots of stuff beyond my control, but I am now back and hopefully we'll get one out quite a lot quicker than the last one this time. Um, a lot quicker, actually, so don't worry about that. I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you listen to the latest episode of Making Games is Fun. Okay, who else have I not insulted yet? Come on, give me a list. I'll just hit all of them before the end of the hour. What what are the words? Sugar. Flying noodles. So where are we? We're in a library. We are in the Central Library of Cambridge. Of Cambridge, because mm-hmm. it's disgusting outside. Yeah. It's and r- yeah, we were going to use a cafe, but... It got busy and people got in the way. People, other people thought they'd use it at lunchtime. Yeah, who would have um, thought? Well, I was, I was disgusted by everyone there, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, but the food was good. So that's yeah, fine. yeah. Although yours was a bit nuclear... Yeah, it was like eating molten lava. If we don't say the place, then... <laughs> <laughs> Two stars, yes. Otherwise, very nice. Yes. Um, this is the first Making Games is Fun of this year, 2016. Ooh. And the voice you can hear is Anissa Snoozy. Hello. How are you? I am fine, thank you very much. Such a, I would say beautiful day, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, that would be a lie. Such a beautifully yeah. overcast day. Yes. Um, yeah, we've been wandering the streets of Cambridge like people who don't know where they're going because that's because that was true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, now we found a spot in a library yeah. where someone usually works. We sat at a random desk, yeah. but it's Saturday and they're not here, so I'm yeah. sure they would be happy. We stole a desk. Yeah, basically. we stole. A desk. <laughs> <laughs> and we even stole a dictionary and a thesaurus to set up the mic. Yes, yes, we needed books. That's why we came to yeah. the library. Like. Do you have books in the library? <laughs> Excuse me, have you got a, have you got a book? Oh, <laughs> cool, thanks. 
so you were born and grew up in Malaysia, is this correct? Yes, yes. Um, I came from a little town called Petaling Jaya, or as we call it, PJ. It's cool. just on the outskirts of KL, which is where I think everybody knows what's in Malaysia. Kuala Lumpur, which is our capital. Uh-huh. Our London, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up there, and Malaysia is a country where it's summer all year long, and the warmth is definitely the one thing that I miss the most yeah. from home. Especially today. <laughs> Aside from the food, obviously, it's always the sun. Is it rural then where you were, where you grew up, or is oh, it no. more like um, a I, city or? My little area was like a suburban area outside of the big city, but okay. we're kind of surrounded by major city spots. So I was pr- pretty much a city girl yeah. growing up. Yeah. You know, um, I'm used to crowds and cars and noises and things like that. <laughs> Comes to the point where if I go um, to the countryside, I feel like. I feel a bit off in a sense that it's too quiet yeah. or, you know, yeah. why is there so much space? Yeah, <laughs> there's too much space and no noise. Like, it's... I can hear myself think, what is this? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, like when I was a kid, we moved to Lake District and our first night there was just, it was so quiet, you couldn't sleep because it was just, there's just no noise, not just like oh, a bit gosh. of noise or it was just like... That's kind of eerie, isn't it? Yeah, like a sensory deprivation yeah. time. But then you sort of get, you know, obviously after a bit you get used to it. But yeah, and I know what you mean with that. Like, I think I prefer town, like a little bit of noise and, and mm. busyness. Yeah. But suburbs are good because then you can get away from the town. Yes. You're <laughs> sick of the town. Of course. But it's the fact that it's so easily accessible um, from like a car ride or a bus ride or uh, an LRT, which is like a train that we've got back home yeah, yeah so you can like yeah so you're not kind of stuck out in the middle of nowhere yeah. but yeah. so what was it like growing up around there oh it was lovely um the thing about malaysia is that we pride ourselves in being multicultural so mm. um we have like i'm ethnically malay malaysian but i've got a lot of chinese malaysians and indian malaysians and you know growing up's all about the whole harmonious and diversity and things like that, that oh, that's yeah cool. It's it's kind of funny that they when they shoved it in our faces when we were younger. I'm just like, but we're so used to this. Like, what do you mean? Like, what huh. do you mean racial diversity and harmony? Like, where we already get along, and That's then interesting. yeah, and then you grow up, and then you learn a bit more about politics and things like that, and then you learn that people aren't actually very nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so That's I grew up in a bubble of like nice people and nice yeah. neighbors, and my school was really nice. Everyone was really nice, and I I came to the real world. <laughs> I was like, why are people mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Well, that's interesting. That like so, it's almost like the the idea was being pushed on everyone, saying that um, you know, inclusivity is brilliant. Yeah. And, and but but from your point of view, you were like, well, yeah, yeah, I know. We're already playing with each other on the playground and stuff. Yeah, like, why we don't do you? Even, yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that was that something to do with that that not being the case, like historically, or um, something like that? Because you get you sort of had that similar in, in this country, I think, and. And and now, like with, with my daughter at school, it's the same. She's not going to think, mm. which is great. You don't have to point it out. Yeah, I do think these kind of things are taught. Like no one naturally thinks that way. I don't think. Yeah. It's because you know, yeah. when you grow up with people, you just see see them as people. Yeah. You don't you don't put labels on them. You know, no. like foreigner or you know, you're a different race or a different religion and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I see that with my daughter, and you know, obviously, and and. It's quite the way kids TV... I don't know how we've gotten to kids TV, but they, <laughs> it's fine. This is an off-topic podcast, that's the point. <laughs> well, the way kids TV has 
changed is is really good as well because now like what they used to do like about 10 years ago or so mm. is that kind of pointing out a difference so they'd be like it doesn't matter if you're black or white <laughs> like they they would have that in and then yeah. and then it makes you go well what well, I, I wasn't thinking about the difference yeah. but now they just don't because it's not doesn't need to be pointed out in the first place they yeah. they leave that out and that's so much better but I yeah so. watching some old stuff not just on my own not like yeah. friday night it was <laughs> it was net, netflix with the daughter and she the daughter's like, just an old. excuse really yeah <laughs> exactly like oh no let's watch some more don't go to bed it's only half nine yeah yeah let's buy a trampoline <laughs> yeah it's for your birthday air quotes <laughs> shit you got me shit um but yeah the, like the, the the point with the mod with modern stuff now is they don't there's no need to mention it, so they don't, and that's like a really good step, I think. Yeah, but definitely. There we go. We've covered children's TV and nice. how, how they <laughs> represent diversity. That's uh, that was obviously the first thing on my list of, of questions. Course. Yeah, that's uh, so going along a similar line. Mm. So we've got some kind of some kind of structure. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any sort of when you moved across? We're sort of skipping ahead now. So when you moved over. Mm. Were there any immediate kind of um, cultural things that were really weird to you, or just like were you were just like, why do people do that? <laughs> like big or small? You're just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's a bit of backstory to that. Um, yeah. I came to the UK when I was 19 years old to um, start university, and I came to the UK mainly because both my parents uh, studied in the UK way back when. Yeah. So my yeah. mom's an architect, and my dad is an engineer. And um, we've got some family friends in the UK, so we used to come here for holidays quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like a massive shock because you know we've been around, and, yeah. you know, but we did all the usual touristy things. But it's definitely different when you start living here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, on m- my first year of uni, I think th- there were a few things that I thought I would get used to, but it took me a long time to get used to it. Um, stuff like. I lived in a tiny town um, for a while in Middlesbrough up north and everything shuts at 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, why can't I go out and buy stuff after after class? Or, you know, I was like, how do people get anything done after work? Yeah. Like, everything's doing work hours, yeah. you know? Because back home, like, you know, sh- shops don't shut till 10 or, and, you know, we've got like all food places stay mm. out till like 2 or 3 a.m. You could get food at 3 a.m. if you wanted to. I'm not, I'm not talking about like takeaways. I'm like talking about proper someone cooking it for you kind of food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, the, <laughs> again, come, we always come back to food. <laughs> that's the yeah. biggest thing I missed. <laughs> it's yeah. true. It seems like, mm. yeah. I didn't, yeah. So that's just, so coming from that, you're like, why is everything stopped? What do I do now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is one of the things. And I think one of the biggest things that the UK does is um, there's a massive pub culture hmm. that I never really got into because I um, I wasn't one to drink, basically. Yeah. And um, a lot of um, social activities, um, especially in uni, revolved around pubs mm-hmm. or a night out or things like that. And yeah. I didn't partake in those things. And yeah. I got really frustrated. There weren't um, alternatives like coffee shops yeah. or things like that mm-hmm. where I'm just like, I really, I really don't want to drink. But then, and you know, if you go mm. to the pub, they stop serving food after six pm or something like that. At yeah. least the pub that I went to. Yeah. So I, I get really frustrated that I couldn't 
have um, the kind of social outing that I used to have back home. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. I can see that. Because um, Malaysia was, is a Muslim Muslim majority country. Yeah. Yeah. So drinking is not like, uh, there's still places where you can drink and stuff, mm. but it's not like a big staple. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easier for me to go out and just like have a coffee at like yeah. 9 p.m. And we certainly don't have the same cafe culture. The yeah. UK doesn't have the same cafe culture. I think it's a, a little bit more established now, but only in a kind of a uh, adopting it. Like it's it's not rooted in the culture. It's more yeah. like oh, well, this happens in other countries, so we're going to bring that in a bit. You know, you get a bit of it. It's not really a cafe culture still, but it's yes, yeah. yeah, definitely go everything goes rotates around pubs. Uh, not rotates. Revolve. Centers revolves. That <laughs> rotates. That's, that's totally wrong. <laughs> Why does that sound so wrong compared to yeah. revolves? But um, everything revolves around pub culture for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that is a big one, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, we, we yeah still don't have that cafe thing. It's it's all kind of appropriations of like you know say like an American coffee shop style shop where you go in and get something. Yeah. And, but it's yeah. not really because in, ingrained. Yeah, and that, that must be like a real pain actually if you d- just don't want to go to the pub. Yeah. Or, I mean. If I had, if there was like a coffee shop open at like 10, 10 p.m., I would gladly just go there with, with a laptop or something and do work in a coffee shop at ten p.m. That part because you know hmm. I'm most productive at like stupid o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it'd be gr- it's and sometimes you know you you want to see a friend and you just want to hang out. Hmm. It might be at like past eight eight p.m. or something. Yeah. And you know. If there's there's a few spots in London I, I found that does have like late night coffee shops, but as you said, they're kind of new and yeah. upcoming, but it's not a big thing. It's more like a curiosity than yeah. a, like a ooh, like a novelty rather yeah. than just like somewhere you can, as opposed to just being able to go down the street and let's just find one wherever yeah. you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Where did so where did you holiday when you came over for holidays? Um, usually in London, um, because our family friends they live in High Wycombe. Yeah. So um, it's really easy to just take the Metropolitan line into um, Marylebone and just hang around for so a bit you, in central London. So you could yeah. just do it in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and my, my, my family were really big on shopping at the time, so London, Oxford Street and stuff like that, it's usually quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I've, I've outgrown it quite quick, actually, and um, I'm enjoying the other touristy things like museums and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. There's so many. Yeah, there certainly is. There certainly is. Um, so you were nineteen when you, when you yeah. arrived to, yeah. to live. Yeah. To yeah, I came to study. Yeah. Um, so I went to Teesside University. Yeah. And that's in the Middlesbrough, and I was there for about two years. So what was your choice for, for, in terms of choosing a uni to study in? What was the the thinking, or what was the plan there, or was it just kind of a, a change of scenery, or was it like? Um. Well, we had mm-hmm. to go through the same uh, process of. Um, going through UCAS and applying to like multiple universities. Yeah. So I applied to Teesside, Bournemouth, and Hertfordshire. Okay. Yeah, and I I was accepted to all of them, um, but I chose Teesside mainly because they hosted the um, Animex Festival, which is like an animation and games festival yeah. that they have every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of nudged me to one yeah. university a bit more, and also because it was in the north, supposedly it's a bit cheaper in living costs. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, okay, why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've never been in the north. Like I said, when I when I come for holidays, I've always been in London and like yeah. this south area. So that was like, yeah, okay, let's let's just give it a go. And whew, how did you find the north? <laughs> um, well, Millsbury in particular is quite rough. <laughs> um, 
I always kept saying so that. All my Middlesbrough yeah. fan fan base gone now. That's it now. Sorry halved. guys. Sorry, oh. Borough guys. <laughs> I was lucky to not get stabbed. Um, yeah, there's definitely a few close calls. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty rough. But in comparison to Cambridge, Cambridge is like. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So like the op- direct opposite of Middlesbrough yeah. in every way. Um, especially in safety. <laughs> yeah, it's very English and quaint in places, isn't it? And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But in a way, I was kind of glad that I spent time in the North because mm-hmm. um, it, I was exposed to a whole different kind of people, a different crowd and just a different way of living. Or sh- sh- should I say it, working class people? <laughs> <laughs> Surviving. Yeah, yeah. Life skills, life skills. Um, so you've always, have you always had this kind of drive towards an, an artistic... Uh, career? <laughs> Do we want to call it a career? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's definitely a career if I'm ta- if I'm making money out of it. I yeah. guess so, yeah. And I'm focusing a lot of my adult life on it. <laughs> Do you do you see it that way, like career-wise? Do you think Do you think of it as like a career or a vocation? Would you say? Um, is it something you you think? Well, I want to move up like a, a career ladder. Is that or is it more that you want to all you always whatever you're doing, you always want it to be. A creative thing <laughs> what's more important I think it's definitely a creative thing yeah, yeah. Um, because when I when I was young um, the moment I could hold a pencil I was always drawing like right. I would draw on walls and <laughs> I instead of being afraid that my mom would scream at me I, I would be really proud of it and start signing my names on it and I was like, <laughs> no, right. don't you confuse this with anyone else I drew this yeah that is me <laughs> That's, um, um, that's something you share with previous guest Dan Gray then when he was drawing on things you're not supposed <laughs> to draw on like when he was a kid and he yeah. drew one that uh, uh, not a chalkboard cork board mm-hmm. to say that wow. he was going to be a game designer <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that seems to be a running theme my, <laughs> my daughter's also started leaving she doesn't draw she just leaves it's like a tag <laughs> wow, tagging. Yeah, just oh, tagging really? the house like with an orange crayon. Because it's a bit faint, I don't always notice it. And I'll just be sat on the sofa and go, What? It was on the, fr- I know it was on the fridge the other day. Oh, so wow. Like, she's tagged the fridge. <laughs> so it is yeah. hers now. Yeah, she's Everything like, in there belongs to her. This is mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, so it's always been an interest of yours. Yeah, yeah. Like even growing up in school, I was the art- artsy one, you know. I mm. was, it was instantly like anything art related. I was like, oh, just let Anissa do it and stuff. And um, I knew really quickly that I, I did really well with my um, SPM, which is the equivalent of GCSEs here. Okay. Yeah, so I got like um, 10 A's out of that. And usually the expectation from that is that you do professional degrees like accountancy, um, finance, mm. law, Boring medicine, <laughs> you know, like actual real jobs. <laughs> there, go, there goes my, uh, there's got my lawyer listeners as well. <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah, but I was, yeah, yeah I was known that I wanted to do art. And yeah. so that's where my mom's like, okay, why don't you do animation then? Because, you know, that has a bit more of a stable job. Because right. I was like, I want to be a comic artist, yeah. yeah. And oh boy, comic artists don't make much. <laughs> no. Like they're amazing, all of them. But it's very difficult to get work, and I have high respect for those who do work um, full time in comics. Mm. Yeah. Especially like it's, it's it's that whole it's it's the age old thing of it. The more fun you have with it, the less well it pays. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like oh, you're enjoying yourself well, then yeah. there's no money in that. No. Um, yeah, so I went into animation, yeah. and that's how I chose the uh, UK universities. And um, 
that was the dream, really, to be like a Disney animator, a Pixar animator. Mm. Ooh, everybody <laughs> wants to be to be one of those guys. Of course, yeah. Yeah, the big the big studios and all that. Um, but I quickly found out that I much prefer 2D animation over 3D animation. Yeah, I think I had difficulty getting to terms with the software. Right. Be, yeah. Yeah. It's um. So I mean, were your parents supportive of that of it all? When you, so when you got you got the ten A's and then you're like yeah. listen you know what I'm gonna do. Uh, <laughs> um, were yeah. they like? That was no discussion. That was it, like I think yeah. my my mom knew me quite well. She yeah. was just like yeah, just she's really stu- like to my mom. I'm like the most stubborn girl ever. <laughs> so she's just like yeah, she's gonna do art. So might as well find the best art schools we can. Yeah. Um, and in that way, she's always supported me, and she supported me all the way through uni as well. Like um, paid through uni fees and. Um, for the first two two years or so, when I wasn't getting a lot of jobs, um, fresh out of uni, um, she definitely supported me for a little bit. And the moment I got a steady paying job, that someone was like, "Okay, mom, no more. I can, I can do this. I am <laughs> yeah. I, I am adult now. Yeah. I can pay my own bills." Yeah, yeah. Let and me let yeah. me take over. Yeah, well, that's yeah. awesome. That's cool. Yeah, so there. So she had that kind of like. We'll do it in something where you're gonna get. Yeah. You're gonna have a, an easier time. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's nice to know that she's always had faith in me as an artist. You yes. Know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. if she didn't, then she'd probably push me to do something like architecture because she has her own firm. Yes. So I think she she would have liked it if one of her children. I've got two brothers and one younger sister. If one of us at least did architecture, then she could like you know pass yeah, on the pass on knowledge and yeah and all that. But none of us became architects. <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> so that's another lesson. Your mum's not listening now. <laughs> She's switched yeah. off. Everyone oh, in the God. north, lawyers. Uh, <laughs> it would just, it would just um, be me and probably the boyfriend. Maybe not even that. <laughs> yeah, it's just rapidly dropping. Um, yeah, I suppose that with the fact that she was. In a job like architecture, there's there's a greater appreciation of, of oh, yeah. art and, and visual things rather than yeah. just like, ah, be a lawyer, just do, <laughs> do the most the best paid thing in the medicine. Yeah. So that's cool. That's really cool. I think it's kind of nice when my uncles, um, if he, they see me sketching on like on the side of napkins or something, they'll be like, you're just like your mother. She's always drawing when she was younger. I'm yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. I definitely got it from her. It's something. Yeah, I do. I do think that runs in the in the family. Like with my freelance thing, like my dad's been always done his own thing freelance and oh. been a reporter and oh, journalist so cool. and his own business and, and actor and you know he's just anything yeah basically that avoids oh, doing wow. like you know a nine to <laughs> like five a real, real job, desk like job proper desk job so <laughs> i definitely get that restlessness from him but so in terms of your career path then yes. what was your first what first job what did you land first right. here and yes. then where did you what journey did you take <laughs> yeah, okay, so we mentioned that I came to UK to do a computer animation course, yeah. and I mentioned that I was more inclined doing 2D animation. So right after uni, I, w- I joined a little startup in the north called um, Arca Studios. Okay. They were a 2D animation um, company, and at the time, they were only probably like a year old or so, okay. and they, they had like three people on it. So I was the first external employee that they had, or like, an intern it was like an unpaid internship sort of <clears throat> yeah yeah so basically because i lived um about two hours away um uh, it ended up costing me more just to get there oh, man. than to like gain anything but because <laughs> i wanted the experience and yeah. those guys were amazing um the experience that i got from working with them eventually led me to my first games job that's yeah. cool 
and as far as I know, Arcus Studios are still um, going strong now. I think they've been around for five years, um, cool. and they've grown bigger and stronger. And um, were they exclusively? So they weren't exclusively like games animation. They were just no, whatever. no, no. They they were two D animation. Right. Okay. Um, they did a lot of advertising work, um, a lot of company promo work, like a lot of explainer videos where we had like a a law law. Com- company and okay. we had an animation explaining what they did so that people understood yeah. <coughs> right so, so they get jobs in sort of thing from yeah, various companies yeah so they did like i don't know blurbs and ads on tv and things like that as well um cool yeah so um they were also working on like some original like uh children's tv shows and things oh, like that cool. yeah um so at the time i had the luxury of playing around with character designs and um, yeah. think like story-based things, which is nice. And a lot of these character designs and um, a lot of these animations involve um, us animating in After Effects and getting some vector work done and all that. And because of my vector skills, that's what led me to my first games job. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. So, uh, so you kind of learned a lot there, and and it, and it set yeah. you up for the. Yeah, I think I was happy being there with them, but because they were a startup, I couldn't stay employed because um of my foreign status <laughs> yeah yeah so this this comes into play quite a lot actually where um so i was on a post-study work visa at the time and mm. if i want to stay around in the uk a bit longer i needed a work visa a proper work visa um and for that i need a proper job <laughs> yeah so yeah. i can't i couldn't work with startups basically so i needed to, to go with like a bigger company and there was a that was how i got into my games job right. so i was hired as a 2d artist at double eleven in middlesbrough cool yeah so that was my very first games job and i knew nothing and <laughs> basically everything that i could do wrong i did wrong in that first year yeah um God, <laughs> I'm I'm just having like PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. I'm like, why did I do that? Why, why would I even think to do yeah. that? And were they quite? They were kind of e- expecting that, I guess. Were they taking taking you on yeah. as just kind of someone to train up and and? Yeah, I was. Um, it was a junior role, and yeah. um, I was inheriting a lot of the UI um, work actually, accidentally, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Because the art team was really small when I was there. That was me one other person who did concept art mm. and one other person doing 3D art. So that was it. So it was a three-man team. <sighs> and um, so I kind of took all the 2D art, um, UI art that the concept artist didn't want to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, do this, but oh, I can't bother with that. Yeah. But, um, then it, but then you obviously learned a lot from that first year of just like that, m- making that, all the mistakes. Yeah, and, yeah. That exposed me to the world of UI. Um I'm not yeah. sure if anyone uh, is aware of what UI stands for. But I suppose we can. Yeah, yeah we can it's it's it stands for user interface. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. See, yeah. When I, when I talk to my family about my job, I don't say UI. I just say user interface artist, mom. Mm. It sounds important, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? My mom actually thought UI stood for universal intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty. Cute. Oh, it's like oh, it's like okay, mom. I'm gonna change all my business cards to this. <laughs> this sounds way better. Universal intelligence artist. <laughs> and then um, sometimes you you call it GUI because you know it's GUI, and mm-hmm. then you know that stands for graphical user interface. And my mom thinks, well, what is that? Is that um, gigantic, universal? <laughs> <laughs> She's just adding the best adjectives yeah. she can think of onto the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how you started going down that line. Yeah, so I was supposedly doing t- um, 2D art um, 
which is we did a lot of port work so which means um we kind of scaled up existing art assets and all that you know so for a while i was just a photoshop monkey <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah not that i mind because it kind of um you know doing animations is a little bit different from graphic design and all that so it gave me the chance to kind of hone in all that skill again um, yeah yeah and because it's fun when it's with games there's a functional element isn't there oh, and, yeah and like yeah. so how kind of how different does that make was this your first experience of animation at the games role or did you do animation and um sorry i've forgotten the name Ar- <laughs> arcus arcus yeah yeah arcus studios um is because the animation i did in arcus world 2d it's a little bit different with games because games these days mostly they're mostly 3d assets mm. even if it's like a 2d game the, yeah. the models are most probably rigged in 3d yeah. and all that yeah so i didn't do any 3d animation um so if i did do any animation it was mostly things like uh the front end like a logo coming in into screen or mm. um at double eleven i did like a trailer for one of the games so it's a little bit of um yeah. editing as well yeah so that was really fun actually it was quite varied the work that i did mm. um but it definitely because i knew nothing of ui at the time so it was a lot of learning as i go along yeah yeah and it was it was also a lot of learning while i was at home as well right yeah 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 so it's just constant yeah and i i actually didn't um, I wasn't really good at Flash at the time because when we animate, we use After Effects and uh, Toon Boom, which is where you draw with a tablet and all that. Um, okay. So <laughs> when when I got the art test, I learned Flash at the same time as doing the art test and kind of just, you know how you, there's the saying, fake it till you make it. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been using Flash for a long time. <laughs> just look at this. Yeah. Yeah. And I admitted that to my boss at the time and she was yeah. like, no, you're lying. <laughs> I was like, yeah. You're like, no, I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fake it till you make it. That's like the best advice ever. I think I think so as well, for mm. sure. So um, so going into the, the sort of games-based animation and, 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 and art, I guess there's a lot more rules is there in terms of like dimensions and how how to what sort of freedom you can have with what you're making Mm -hmm. um well it's like the opposite of freedom which is it's all about limitations yeah Uh, i think there's the biggest difference between like traditional animation and games in the sense that in animation you're always pushing the envelope trying to get like um you know better renders bigger renders more more things more lighting and more particles more everything make it shinier make it better (laughs) but with games is that you have you have only so much memory (laughs) you only have so much Mm. space in the little you know you have only so much cpu or gpu or whatever it is that you're using so you're kind of you're optimizing you're constantly optimizing making things smaller and you Mm. know but not not small too small that it, it compromises the art style or anything like that so yeah it's all about limitations and how you kind of make the most out of what you have which is not very much yeah especially if you're like the first job i had was all we did stuff for the playstation vita right and for anything portable it was definitely like yeah. you're cramming so much in <laughs> into a teeny tiny thing our assets or our animations needs to be like the most optimized things ever because you know nobody really nobody really looks at ui that's the thing yeah and we don't want them to because yes that's one of the things about ui is that if 
if no one notices it, then it means you're doing it right. Yeah. 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 If someone notices it and they're complaining about it, you're just like, mm, there you go. That, mm. That's your job wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. That's yeah. it. I suppose because you're not, you're more UI, but yeah. like you've got the whole team like working like every day for like six yeah. months to get like, you're thinking, we've got this down really good. And I'm yeah. like, God, this is so optimized. I'm really pleased. And then you get this kind of like, you know, especially at, you know, the 60 frames yeah. sort of culture yeah. now where everything, like people feel like, it has to be 60 frames all yeah, the time. That's the thing though. I think the, the <clears> thing that irks me more is when they say like, ooh, something's wrong or something's not quite right. To be like, the developers are lazy. And I'm like, <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? You know, that's, what, that's when my literal palm goes to my literal face and go, <laughs> Like, believe me, like, it's not the, it's always some kind of constraint that we have to go through and it's usually time or budget. These are the two big things that I think a lot of um, the public don't understand. Like if you see any bugs, we see it. Like we know that it's there, yeah. believe me. And um, What's sometimes- the, phrase, the known known shippable? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, sometimes people go like, oh, I can't believe they didn't catch this bug. Like didn't they have QA or anything? It's like, no, no. We we know this. It's we know. We, it's like out of the things we could fix. Yeah, it's one of the things we we had to prioritize of you know like making the game work. That's what was when um I played when um Assassin's Creed. Which one is it? France Land, France Land, whatever that that was called. Was Unity. Yeah, yeah, Unity. Unity. Probably. Like the actual the the Paris they made was just so beautiful, yeah. and I loved it, and I did a. A thing for Midnight Resistance where I did a photo shoot in game yeah. sort of thing and did because it's just like the art there is just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. But then you get people who are like, ah, oh, look at this, like they find a glitch where like someone mm. goes like on top of a horse and yeah. then back down yeah. and and they make like a f- funny YouTube video <laughs> it. and it's like it's in a crowd of like six hundred people or yeah. whatever and it's like is that the only thing you can spot in this thing this amazing yeah. thing that they created it's a bit like okay I mean I'm not against doing it because it's for like a bit funny <laughs> and it looks funny and that. but when it's yeah. like a complaint when they're treating it like oh this look how shit this is you're oh, like let's refund oh my god created like the, the refund um, culture in France and you're yeah. just going oh. yeah refund culture as well yeah it's, yeah it's quite insane really yeah, um, I've I've learned to kind of just roll my eyes and kind of like mm, doesn't matter. I'm doing my dream job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Just take that, guys. <laughs> I feel like we're just losing people. Oh second. my god! <laughs> Everybody's hating me now. So screw you. <laughs> Tell me what are you gonna do? About so, okay, who else have I not insulted yet? Come on, give me a list. I'll just hit all of them before let's, the end of the roll, hour. Just roll through. Can we? Can we jump in? Um, I was gonna say about. Um, Moving over to my, so I'm so bad at get, keeping this chronological, but it's all right. I don't care. Um, <laughs> in terms of when you moved over for uni, were you in student halls? Were you like a student house, or um, what was your was, setup? And, it was a student house. And yeah. Ha- and and a, an additional question, which probably should be a separate question, but hey, let's just make it one big glob of a question. Um, how did you feel about leaving Malaysia to come, and then like, like in terms of like getting you making new friends? Mm. Um, is setting yourself up over here leaving people behind what kind of how was that okay. <laughs> i think um that it this is a testament to just how young and um what's the word naive i was as a child right. as a 19 year old child <laughs> i still believe that at 19 i was ugh, i wasn't a human being yet um, <laughs> i think i think i can i can 
<laughs> agree with that on me, not on you. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, yes, so... you weren't a human being. <laughs> <laughs> not a functional one, at least. Yeah, yeah same. same. Scraping by until yeah. I hit, I don't know, 22 or something. I'm quite, I was the other thing, as a slight aside, I'm quite glad that Facebook is only kind of established these days because if I could read back for when I was 19 and, and look at things, I'd just be like, oh, I God. don't want a record of that. Um, <laughs> I and Facebook was around when I was 18, so I do have a record of that. And, I, and <laughs> oh boy. It's the only way you can just not let me. Can you please not show me anything before this, this yeah. year? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, sorry, yeah, so leaving, so just the kind of the process of, of, of leaving home, I guess, yeah. you know. Um, the, the actual process of me applying to universities and um, packing my stuff and to go was so quick. It never really dawned on me mm. that it was a big life decision mm -hmm. because I think at the time my plan was to come here, uh, study for two years, get my degree and then go back home to Malaysia, you yeah. know, and maybe work somewhere in Asia like Japan or Singapore. Right. Um, I didn't really think about getting a job in the UK. So at the time it was almost like a temporary thing anyway yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like a it was temporary and um the longer i was around the more i realized that uh, this might not be temporary after all <laughs> um yeah i think um so i guess did that take a bit of the sting out of it because you thought well i'm just gonna keep my options open and then see what yeah see where it goes it was one of those things where um it was just I had um, students the year above me um, from Malaysia and they would be like, oh, have you applied for a post-study work visa? And I was like, what's that? You know, uh, I didn't really care. Um, just like, oh, it just gives you two years to find a job in the UK, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, oh, sure. So, yeah. you know, and I applied and I, I got it. So I, I, I stuck around for another two years and I happened to get, you know, I keep getting jobs after that. Um, what I didn't realize was it was a continual thing, you know, job after job. Mm, then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm here and stuff here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and what, this is like, it's been maybe almost six and a half years since mm. I first came. Six years went by so quick. And I'm just like, oh, when did I decide to stick around the UK this long? <laughs> so it's almost like you didn't notice it. It's almost like you didn't notice it happening in mm, a way. It just not at all. Um, I almost still, started as one, another one of the holidays, almost, yeah. and then it just kept going. <laughs> it was so weird because um, when I left Malaysia, I had like a, you know, a Malaysian boyfriend at the time, and it was like, oh no, it's okay, I'll come back. You know, we'll get married. Just wait for me. A little bit of Romeo Juliet kind of thing, I guess. And you were like, I'm married to UI now. <laughs> We we broke up quite quick after that actually. Long distance was just like nope, okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. And then I started dating English guys. <laughs> How was that? Yeah. That oh, oh that was a whole new different thing. So, talking about cultural differences. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um I realised now got that any, any horror stories. There was one time I went out on a date. Um <laughs> This was this this was a Tinder date. So oh, it was like complete, yeah, it was complete stranger, but he was cute. And we had a good text chat, you know, as you start. And mm -hmm. then um, we went to a pub. It wasn't that bad. I think it really wasn't that bad, but um, he was also really touchy. I think that's also a thing that isn't Asian in a sense that right. we, we have a bit more respect of personal space. Yeah. Back home, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not. Uh, I, it's a bit improper that if you don't know someone you keep touching their hands or something yeah. and this guy he was Irish um, <laughs> I don't know why that's important but <laughs> Irish guys are cute I'm and there goes the Irish <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Irish fan <front> face <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> more people 
<laughs> so this guy, yeah. like, yeah, we would go to a, we we went to a pub and he was sitting across me and he would not stop touching my hands and you know just finding reasons to like laugh and like oh ha 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 and he's so funny and then he touches me and I'm like stop stop it yeah. I, this is the first time I've met you yeah you know? so that that space boundaries boundaries basically mm, I think mm. even with a yeah even yeah and I think um so. I've mentioned that I'm not really big on night outs and things like that. I've been I've been out a few times, yeah. but sometimes, even like I'm I'm usually on the on the side. But if I'm looking at the dance floor and I see people kind of just like grinding against each other and just like <sighs> snogging and stuff, and I'm like, ooh, ooh boy, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know I was gonna get get a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I, and again, I kind of um, yeah. Yeah. So not, that was not that a big was fun the, of that either. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but um, fortunately though, I'm. I tend, I have a type of guys that I tend to go for, and and apparently, uh, this is like a funny like, the more you know, <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> is that so far in my life I've had maybe four long term boyfriends, right, and all four of them have been in the games industry, uh, so yeah. I for some reason I cannot run away from nerdy white guys. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Okay, there goes my white guy fan base. <laughs> All these there, it's fine. I don't know who's left. No. Uh, just my mom, probably. Yeah, that's it. It's because you can. Tr- it's because you can chat UI, and then it's not like. Mm, because you don't, you I think. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> just gonna. Because uh... I realize that all I talk about is either games or animation or comics or things like yeah. that. You know. Yeah. 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 So and. <laughs> the other funny thing is that uh, across my four um, <laughs> boyfriends, um, they all have like different jobs in the different departments of um, game development. Right. Yeah. Right. So the first one was a three D modeler or three yeah. um, D artist. Yeah. The second one was an animator. <laughs> the third one was a programmer, <laughs> and my current one started out as a producer. Yeah. So I'm just like I'm just going through all the disciplines, you know. <laughs> so if this one ends. Um, I still haven't dated a QA guy, a sound guy. So, ooh, musicians, mm, sound guys, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Follow the artists. You've got a sound guy, sound guys are back in now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Just go back in. Oh, man. (laughs) There you go. So, if you get in touch, we'll give it, there'll be an email at the end of the show. Yeah. (laughs) Just say it, my Twitter is Studio Anisa. Just saying, tweet, tweet at me. Oh God! Oh dear! Oh. I think we should go back to UI quickly before yeah. it just gets to us. Uh, um, <laughs> when it comes to UI stuff, if you're playing a game and it has like a crappy, you know, oh I say crappy, it has some there's something in the UI or like a menu <laughs> thing. Like, have you played Dark Souls? Um, I haven't, but I've seen enough like Let's Play videos. Yeah, to be like, aware of it. I imagine like the menu system and something like that is just you're just sat there like gritting your teeth because yeah, of the way it's it. built. It, or is it something you've, well you'd have to name the game actually that might be a yeah, bit unfair but yeah. other things you've just gone why is it like this <laughs> it's funny because um, I do get that question quite a lot recently actually like oh what game has the best UI and what game has the you know like worst UI and I always feel really bad because I'm yeah. like I don't want to single no, out yeah. we don't want to single out yeah. but like does it affect would you say it affects your enjoyment or you like can oh, you sort de- of go definitely in a sense that um, <laughs> a lot of okay it's basically when when it's your job you can't really enjoy something like um, I know 
when I, w- I did animation, I couldn't watch bad animation, yeah. uh, bad animated things. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, oh, why did I do this? Why is it rendered like that? You know, mm-hmm. you just never switch off. Yeah. Um, my mother, the architect, she mm-hmm. also she has the same issue as well. She would be like, why is this building designed like this? There's really bad design. Why is there steps here? Why is that, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And that's and just buildings. You see buildings all the time. Yeah. So insane. I, her brain just is on overload all the time. She's like, how do you relax? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, I was really young, you know, when she started saying those things um i was probably like 15 or 16 and i didn't understand it until i had a job (laughs) and then animation was the first thing and now with ui it's even more so because you're actually interacting with these things you know a lot of a lot of these things are passive you know when you watch a movie it's a passive thing where you're kind of just sitting back and watching letting it you know do its thing yeah but with ui you're you're navigating the menus number one and then you know there's, there's stuff like lag or wait time or like um really slow animation there's a lot of things like that where some ui artists get a bit excited about creating really uh, superfluous animations and they're like button press i'm like come on dude it's just a button <laughs> you know don't don't put too much stuff yeah. in it yeah yeah just things like that and the thing about ui is that there's a massive crossover with user experience which is why we have like UI slash UX designers. Mm-hmm. And with UX, it's more about, like I said, it's more about the experience. It's about the flows and all that. Mm. So um, let's say if, you know, you want to get into a menu quicker, like a quick jump, like if you want to change weapons or something, and, you know, it's just a quick press of a button and all that, you know, if you can do it quick and you're not thinking about it and you're on the ball of your game, then that's yeah. really good UX. Yes. Yeah. So, but if you'd be like, if you're searching for a button, that's the worst thing, especially for PC games. Yeah. Because it's sometimes UI heavy with like shit tons of uh, menus and all that. If mm. you're like scanning the screen and searching for what button to look for, and then you kind of, and you know, it's nested and you go into submenus and submenus, and it's mm. like, where is this thing I'm looking for? Yeah. The one thing I was thinking is that games in the 90s, specifically EA games, they, they had very, very insane menus where you'd, you'd mm. pick a thing like new game and it, everything would just sort of fly off the screen onto the side and then then the background image would fly off and come yeah. up with a new and the new ones would come rolling yeah. in from the side and, and it was like eight seconds between like pressing a button you're like mm. I don't need it and lots of like whoosh noises yeah. load of character and all this kind of yeah. thing um, I always think like the weird thing is like with fighting games um Especially like Japanese fighting games, is the the kind of almost the exception because I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the UI is um, <laughs> super slick or uh, <laughs> effective, but at the no. same time, you almost wouldn't want that because it would take away the kind of the bombast and the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. At the same time, so it's kind of balancing those two things. If, if you see what I mean, but, yeah. But that they are the exception, but but I think that it's almost they didn't do that on purpose. They were just a bit crap, <laughs> <laughs> and people would miss them if it wasn't there. If yeah. you see what yeah, I mean. Yeah, learn to like it. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of insane, yeah. Because I suppose does in terms of actual like sound in in interfaces as well. Is that something you consult on? Is that something that you have a say in? Or is it a case of because that can add to it if there's too much going on that way as well? Would you would you say, or is that not something that you get to um, have input on? Well, the way that we work um, thing now, like um, I'm currently working on Planet Coaster at Frontier Developments, and Planet Coaster is a, a roller coaster theme park simulation game. 
and um, for these simulation games, it's definitely UI heavy, and there's a lot of menus that you have to go through. Um, so there's a lot of emphasis on that. And recently, a lot of my job is actually to just make the visual part of it. So I did a lot of um, animation mockups and all that. Mm. So um, the way that you the UI is made um, in my current project is that I design it, or me and another designer. Uh, we design it and and we send it off to the coders and then they code it in in the framework, um, including animation and stuff like that. You know, so it's all animated by code, which is a little bit tricky because you know code can be a bit dry and mm. you know when you don't have that um, artist touch on it. Yes. So to overcome that, I would do like a a, a pre visualization where I would animate everything in After Effects. You know? Right. Yeah. So this animation piece that I've done the coders would use it to animate, mm -hmm. and then I would send it off to sound, mm -hmm. and the sound would use that animation to put in uh, all the um, sound effects. I see. Yeah, so, um, and then they would put, they would have like a first pass, and then um, this recently happened where he would call me over and be like, oh, um, you know that animation you did for the um, for the front end, which is the, what I did, um, like yeah. it's the home screen where the first thing you see before you start a game. Yeah. Yeah, so, because, I can't really say what we have at the moment. Okay. I don't yeah. think. Hey. Wait, no, no, no. We, we, we have dev diaries, um, so I can say. So, okay. okay, we have like a big globe, basically, and then you ca you have pins on this globe to to go into like specific parks. Mm. And um, so every time you hover over a pin, or if you click on a pin, the globe would zoom in and zoom out, and then, you know, the pin would animate, and then uh, a menu would open, you know? So all these tiny things, there's a lot of like um, sounds that you could make out of it. Yeah. 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 So that's where like... Um, Probably a Foley artist would be like, yeah. I'm just making random sounds. <laughs> yeah, but imagine you know, like if something opens like or something. Oh my god, yeah. I was bad. This is why. This is why I don't do sound. This is why you sound. don't do the sound. Imagine that sound every time. Every time you open the mic. Yeah. I can't even do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. just random yeah. sounds like that. So they would have like a first pass on it and then they would come to me and be like, okay, so what do you think? And I'm like, ooh, I imagine this softer or I imagine this, you know, something like that. So the first pass um, with this, the sound guy wanted to do more like building sounds because it's a building simulation where you build roller coasters, you build a park and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it was very heavy because it was a lot like metal sounds like grinding and Clunking metal. And yeah. yeah, but and I understand where he was coming from, but that was for like a front end menu where it's supposed to be fun and, you know, it, it was too heavy. So that was my feedback, basically. I was like, mm, this is a bit too heavy. Mm. And then I would, he would replay the thing over and over, and I, I would try to pick out certain things. It was like, ooh, what, what, what was that bit there? That sounded a bit weird, or, you know. Yeah. And then we kind of have a bit of a discussion, and then he, and then he will go back and, yeah. you know, do his thing. And then he'll come back and say, oh, okay, okay, now I have a new one. I was like, all right, all right, let's listen to it. <laughs> so it's just me listening to buttons going boop, 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 or something <laughs> over and over. But it's the most satisfying thing when the sound guys add sound to your UI. Yeah. Because um, it adds that tactile feel to it, you know? Yeah. It's, it adds more feedback, basically. Yeah. And yeah. feedback is the best thing. Like, um, what makes a UI feel very, um, how you say, it, satisfactional is that when you do something, it shows that you've done something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very, like, reactionary to what you've, what you've told it to do. So, yeah, and that's how sound is so important, actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that process of back and forth until you've got the right. Yeah. 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 Has it ever, have you ever sent it, has it ever come back and you're just like, 
what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, well, I try to be a bit more constructive than that. <laughs> you know, I'll be like, uh, it, it feels, you know, just like... <laughs> <laughs> think of like, but yeah, feels a bit not right at all. Yeah, you never, you never go up to anyone and just say like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Yeah, guys? yeah, of course. That's yeah. just mean. Yeah. <laughs> Are you high? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> um, one of our previous guests, um, Aubrey Hesselgren, he he does a lot of UI stuff as well. So oh, cool. He did um, he did uh the UI system for Brink, all the stuff in Brink, which was no. the um, yeah, nice. and it. it the thing he did, it got scaled down eventually, which was like a bit sort of like, oh, but I liked that. But they made it a bit simpler. But he, he really likes making really fluid sort of UI stuff. So it's like, um, see, I'm going to, I'm obviously out of my depth of UI chat here. Don't but worry. <laughs> like he, he, he ensures it, it's clear what you're selecting or whatever, but he likes to make it like a little bit wobbly and a little bit gooey. Everything yeah. to, but he's kind of obsessed with gooiness. Like he's got a game he's making at the moment. Um, the Earth is flat, oh. um, and it's like on Android and stuff. And you have to find a country, uh-huh. and um, and that starts the timer. And then he's like, right now, find yeah, uh, yeah. Indonesia, and you have to go, and yeah. then now find Greenland, and and you have to like spin the globe around and tap it, and oh, the quicker you do, cool. you get points. Yeah. But everything kind of it all sort of gloops and as you ah, come around and stuff and the, it's it's oh, a globe so but cool. like it gloops in the yeah. view and in the middle it's like almost like magnified and yeah. stuff and he, he really loves that kind of gloopy yeah. like what's your kind of we're getting this is some heavy ui mm. shit right now what is your style what do you prefer what, what 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 do you like in that type of thing do you like it to be very minimal or minimalist or do you like a bit of um what gloopiness <laughs> Um, I get a lot of my UI inspiration from current apps, like things that you get for the iPhone or the iPad. Mm. Um, those things, to me, I feel like the, the design's really strong. They've got a really strong visual design. And most of these kind of apps that you find, they, they tend to be non-game stuff. Um, so they tend to be very minimalistic. But there's mm. a fine, fine line between minimalist and just plain boring. Yes. Um, or vanilla, as I call it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's it's actually really difficult to to do a lot with so little. Yeah. Yeah. In that sense, I quite I quite like the idea of minimal minimalism. Yeah. But with video games, it's a bit difficult in the sense that if you if you kind of strip everything away, it it feels less like a game. Yeah. You, know? you, you need. I guess you need elements in it that match the character of the game as well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So um, okay. One of the good examples I can think of right now is Destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're playing the actual game and then the HUD while you're in, like, playing the actual game, it's really, really minimalist. Like, you know, all you see is white text and it's really clean. And even if there's a lot of elements, it still doesn't feel cluttered. Yeah. yeah. So they really fine tune that really well. And I, I, I love watching my housemate play the game just because like, yeah yeah i do this all the time That's so neat. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. this also happened when one of my um, other housemates played uh, metal gear metal gear rising yeah, yeah that had really good ui as well and or um <laughs> that's interesting because that's almost like as you were saying the thing that you d- you're not supposed to notice it and that game i definitely can't remember a damn thing yeah. about the <laughs> so that's good so such yeah. an action-heavy yeah. game, yeah. but of course, all I do a bit. There's a lot of kind of because things being labelled with a little sort of line yeah. thrown off it sideways, yeah. and it's very like almost like a medical label. Yeah, 
And there's that action where you kind of like ta- the, the time pauses and then you have to yes. slice them open. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all you are in as well. And, that, you know, you don't even think about that. You're just like, you're mm. concentrating on slicing your enemies, you know? Yeah, because it shows you the angle you're going to slice mm. at. And, yeah. and it's very, but you don't need yeah. to be taught that. It's just there. Oh, that's going yeah. ha- to happen. Yeah, that's really... and that's a really good example of a really stylized yeah. UI. It's, I wouldn't call it super minimalist because there's a lot of effects put on it, yes. but it's not like in-your-face effects and it fits the narrative and the story and all that. Yeah, Yeah. because there's a lot of like fake information on there as yeah. well, isn't there? Like, yeah. for, for, for artistic effect. And then yeah. you've got the one clear line like, yeah. cut here. Yeah, and then there's a lot of like, scan lines because it's supposed to be like a screen kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was tastefully huh. done. Yeah. That's good. I'm getting interested in the UI now. I good. Can see it. <laughs> right. I was thinking of um, Hitman games as well. Mm. I've always had, in terms of minimalist, they've always had that kind of because he's supposed to be this just a clone and he's just yeah. an assassin and that's it. You know, yeah. in terms of like his, he's very cold and straightforward and he's a robot yeah. basically. Like all the all the text in that is always very like t- it's tiny. Yeah. Super tiny and, yeah. and the loading bar. It's almost like a famous loading bar now, which is just it's just a red line that just goes across the screen mm, mm, yeah. and fills it. Or white, or is it white line? It's that famous account what color is. <laughs> Again, yeah. not noticing UI is a good thing. <laughs> no, yeah. But it's just that, you know, and that's yeah. all it says. It doesn't even say loading, you know what it is. It's just yeah. a little... See, that's that's a really good example of minimalism, but not supposedly lazy, you know? Because mm. there's a difference, you know? Yeah. If, if It has to be done with purpose, not just because, like, oh, I can't be honest with this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot of like other games that has like diegetic UI, which I really like, which is like just stuff UI that's in game, you know. What does it mean again? I, I I know the word but I can't remember. Um it's just uh, a good example is kinda like the Fallout Pit Boy. Mm-hmm. So all the UI is like oh, on like okay. in the world. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like floating. Yes. So it's all in world and you interact with it that way. Like yeah. um <clears throat> Uh, Dead Space. Yes, that space, like, they have the thing on the back mm. where it shows your life. Um, like, the yeah. brighter it is, the more life you have, something, something like that. And, yeah. it's, and, and, and the, the menu screen had come up, you could, it had come up like a hologram yeah. projection. And that was, at the time, yeah. that would be quite new, it, I Yeah, it imagine. was innovative. It's, it's, yeah, definitely, Dead Space always gets quoted for this kind of thing, as well as, I think, the most recent one is um, Alien Isolation. Mm. Yeah, because it's all, like, old tech because it's supposed to be like tech from the 70s <laughs> or something yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's those kind of thing which is um, I, read, I read a thing actually on isolation someone i was trying to find it before but i c- couldn't find it um because i've forgotten which which sucks because i was going to reference it as some, something to look at but someone wrote an article on cam- one of the big sites about um, the title screen of Alien Isolation. It was yeah. all about that and about yeah. how beautiful it is. And, yeah. and it's just this, because it's just the Nostromo? Y- yeah. Is that what it's called? Yes, it is called that. And um, against like the massive empty space, and you just see how small it is. And this is the giant planet next to it and stuff. Yeah. And then just the start, it just says start, something like that. And he was just talking about how kind of brilliant it is to set up what you're about to play. Yeah, so the guy who designed that, I think, was John McKellen um, from Creative Assembly. Uh, well, he used to be there when Alien Isolation was in development, and um, he's, he's always got a really strong motion graphic um, background. Right. Yeah, and obviously all of... And he was the, the UI guy at Creative Assembly at the time, yeah. So as you can see, UI is a lot of things. Like, it it's it's like um, it's part game design, it's um, user experience design, and it's also, you know, animation and uh, motion graphics and graphic design. So it's actually a lot of things kind of, like, boiled down to something that you're not supposed to notice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And feedback to the, to the player and stuff. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. 
So do you think, given all this UI love we've been we've been pouring on, yeah. do you think you're going to stay in this sort of field or or? Oh yeah. I mean, plans for the future. I mean, there's there's multiple uh, elements to consider with that, isn't there? Really? Yeah. Um, I think. In a way, I found a niche that I could call my own right now uh, because I do genuinely love doing what I do. Um, the thing about UI is that it's one of, it's one of the few disciplines that is not covered in university syllabus yeah. or at all. Like nobody knows that it's a thing unless you're in the industry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I didn't know it was a thing until I started doing it. Um, so I was kind of learning on the job as mm. I go, and I'm still learning things now. Um, I mentioned that there's a there's an overlap between UI and UX and UX is a whole different field in itself mm. that you know it feeds into UI basically because UX is more about um, user research and user t um, testing and getting uh, feedback on that and then you test your thing and then it's a whole circular thing until you get the perfect you know iteration and then that's how you dress it up in pretty UI so mm. UI is a lot more visual and you know making it look good while UX is making it feel good you yeah. know so um, because I've recently kind of discovered the world of UX, I'm kind of still learning. So I've been working in games for some time now, but I still feel like there's so much that I could still learn. So yeah, I'm happy to, to kind of, I wouldn't say claim UI. <laughs> no, of course not. But more like I'm happy to be a part of this world yeah. where you know it's so niche and that um, it's getting a bit more traction these days because I do get like students from game design courses emailing me about UI and right. I'll be like are you sure you're talking about UI and not like game design because they're two different things like I could refer you to my game design friends if you want you know and then I'll kind of give them a breakdown of what we do and all that and then I'll give like a portfolio link to someone who I think is a really good UI artist I'm like do you think this is something you could imagine yourself doing like in the long term mm. you know because this is pretty much what we do every day it's quite different from game design and they'll be like yeah yeah that's what I want to do I was like whoa <laughs> people want to do UI shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's quite satisfying to sort of guide them and go yeah maybe you mean this yeah I know what I know what your heart desires and it's like oh wow and I think it's right <laughs> <laughs> it's particularly exciting for games because um the whole UI UX sphere is actually dominated by you know um apps mm. and mobile phones yeah, and stuff yeah. like that and especially currently like in a digital like our newly digital world where we're so dependent on touchscreen devices that ux is so so important but um this is kind of inherited from web design like mm. the very first instances of any kind of ux is probably from web design and a lot of web designers kind of transition themselves into app design mm. and ux design and all that so they know exactly how the human brain works you know like if someone gives you feedback though you don't necessarily design it ac according to what they say because a lot of users don't know what they want and if they think they do it's not really what they want yeah yeah so you know it's kind of it's a bit tricky that it's a bit of uh, it's a bit of a psychological thing as well that we have to kind of read up on um you know um so in a way games is kind of catching up to that you mm. know because we've always been there's a bit of a disconnect in the sense that games came from a an era where everything was all through game pads you know with a d-pad and buttons and yeah and now we have touchscreen games and then we have more sophisticated um console pc games where you know you, you use a mouse and all that and in this area i think we're just slowly kind of introducing ux to game design because um, a lot of old school game design is 
they don't think about this you know they no. just consider they only consider things like gameplay or mechanics gameplay mechanics and things like that they don't actually consider um, you know how the user would use it mm. kind of thing and how that and how that can help the gameplay as well yes. in terms of how yeah. it can, it doesn't have to be its own thing like yeah. totally divorced from what's going on yeah yeah so in a way i've always um, i've always saw uh, see saw see always seen I've always seen UI <laughs> as a uh, a complementary to game design. You know, we mm. even even art style wise. You know, we're not we're not the main character here. You know, as UI, we're kind of like the side characters. Yeah. Um, like we we enhance the art style. We make sure that the graphics, um, all the two D stuff, kind of um, complements the three D assets and all that. And we make sure that the UX complements the actual gameplay. Mm. Yeah. So we're kind of. Well, like the guy who assists in the scoring of points. That's my amazing sports <laughs> analogy there. So it's goodbye, sports fan. The, point, the points assister. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> you, you keep making me think of new other UIs. I think, oh yeah, that one too. Right. <clears throat> what about Re Resident Evil Four? Mm -hmm. The um, the backpack. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. a really good example, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That one. Because um, that's because that's part of that's a game in itself yeah like, it's a mini game because you yeah. have to allocate mm. space to it and all yeah, yeah. Um, I have mine, mine mine's always so neat <laughs> like it's just lined up the right shells the right like, order by colour yeah. and <laughs> How would, how would we explain this to people who don't know That's what's good point. like? Okay, so it's like you have it's a... The inventory system. Yeah, it's so inventory. So you have a backpack and you have like squares in it. And then certain items, like say a gun, maybe would have two squares and it's, it goes like sideways. Yeah. Or certain items would have three squares and goes up, like up. Yeah. So you have to... Um, kind of fit everything in like like Tetris <laughs> yeah, yeah. in in a box kind of like imagine fitting in um, your freezer items in your fridge yeah you know? yeah, yeah. But, more, but more fun somehow <laughs> than that yeah so that's like that's purely UI but it's a mini game in itself and um, that's that's what I mean by you know complementing gameplay and it's yeah. I think it works because the game itself when you when you're in the middle of a, a shootout with the zombies it's so tense yeah and so like just like, uh, and you've got a limited number of bullets and you're <laughs> shitting yourself and this yeah. shot and you miss a shot and you're panicking, oh my god. Um, that when you go into the menu to just sort your stuff out, it's very relaxing. It's like, a nice break, isn't it? Oh, I'm just going to put this here and I'll, I'll come out of the menu in a minute. No, just yeah. maybe I'll do this back. Don't, let, don't make me go back in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, actually. Mm. So a big thing about why you enjoy what you're doing, would it be fair to say, is because it's this, there's always more to learn. So you don't get bored. Mm -hmm. Is that an important thing yeah. for you? Do you always want something? Do you always want to feel like you've got more to learn, or would you like to have a point where you think, you know, I mean, call it ten years from now, or whatever, where you think, I think I've, I'm the master of UI now, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, is that? Or would I you rather just be somewhere you can keep learning? Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing, though. Like, um, you definitely know don't stop learning because technology evolve and with technology you get new ways of implementing UI like even right now we've got so many new programs of how to make UI mm. yeah you know um, it's becoming more accessible to um, first-timers and all that yeah. so I think def personally I'm constantly learning because I don't think I'm there yet but yeah. let's say I'm at a comfortable 
um, stage of my career where I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I can I can talk to you why for like 24 hours straight if you want me to. <laughs> That's when I think I would like to start doing stuff like outreach things, you know, where I go to talks and, you know, co- to um, conferences and um, give a bit, um, maybe to have some UI talks and UX talks. And it's always, it's a bit of a, like I said, it's a bit of a niche. And um, there are quite a good amount of UI slash UI talks already like um, in the GDC vault and all that but sometimes um, it's not accessible and it'd be good if I could just have like a recorded talk and anyone can just find it on YouTube or something mm. that would be really great um, and you know we've got people writing specific books on UI mm. um, it'd be great if someone did like a specific games books you know UI in games that would be nice so there's a lot of things there's a lot of possibilities that you know number one you don't stop learning but number two you also never stop giving so it's like yes. a cycle the more yeah. you learn the more you give away and then uh, I, I imagine at these conferences you talk to other people and then they come up with more ideas I'm like oh yeah cool you know yeah. and then you, it just grows into the thing and I'm pretty sure there's like people doing YouTube videos where they analyze UI or uh, podcasts where they talk about design and things like that so if someone has an interest in something, there will be they will go in depth definitely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I am really enjoying my position right now where I I know enough to to want to know more, yeah. But I also have like so much more to learn, and it's this process of learning, discovering new things, and getting excited over like pretty things. Or um, <laughs> if I'm playing a game and it works really well, I'm like, oh my god, this UI is amazing. And uh, this might be a really nerdy thing to do, but I actually, actually, physically look up the UI artists slash UI designers um, for those companies, and then. I don't know, stock, stock their profiles, <laughs> like their Twitters, or if they have like a portfolio blog, or um, I'm sorry to everyone who I added on LinkedIn, that that's exactly why, because I like your shit. <laughs> it's quite a good reason to, yeah. to, to, to add them, because yeah. you like what they're doing, I'm sure that's not. And um, I, I, I have um, sent fan mails before, just sending uh, a quick um, email saying like, hey, I've played your game, it was nice, okay, bye. <laughs> This, I isn't, think this isn't another chapter in the uh, this isn't the, the UI boyfriend phase is it no oh god I don't think I want a UI boyfriend we'll just be like we'll be fighting over UI all the fucking time the yeah. arguments at home yeah what's that yeah okay so UI guys don't apply yeah. everyone else though yeah <laughs> UIs no thanks <laughs> Oh god, what a place to finish! <laughs> now I'm probably going to be looking at every single UI in every game. I, Hopefully, I, in a, in a good light and not like complaining about them. If you are complaining about them, then they they, they did it wrong. I'm going to go on every forum and game. Yeah. Uh, just, what's, just, it, what's the one they use? NeoGaf? Is that the one we're all? <laughs> I think I think that's the one, isn't it? And just be like, this this the UI is disgusting. Just or you know, if you want a, a bigger audience, just go to Reddit. It'll oh, go yeah, viral somehow. R slash bad UI. <laughs> Your face is bad UX. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. How dare you? With that, I will finish. Thank you very much for joining uh, me. No problem. It's been such a. Uh, I haven't talked this much about UI in such a long time. <laughs> it's actually quite nice. Yeah, you go. <laughs>